three amazing little words. He is risen. Not just some kind of a political slogan dug up for a campaign, but three words that changed the course of human history. Three words that we celebrate today. He is risen. In November 1879, Thomas Edison filed a patent for the first light bulb. Because of his invention, just a flip of a switch can dispel the darkness as a light bulb brightens a room and allows you to see all that is going on around you. What we just saw depicted in the video was Peter having a light bulb moment that first Easter Sunday. He had been in the dark about everything that had happened to Jesus over the weekend. As Peter processed things with his friend and fellow disciple John, what was once dark and confusing suddenly began to make sense as the light went on. Perhaps when it comes to God, Jesus, or the Bible, there have been moments in your life of clarity where you can see things and believe But maybe there have been other times where you're left wondering, God, what on the world is going on? God, what are you doing? God, why is this happening? God, what does this mean for my life? What does this diagnosis mean for my life? What does this loss of employment mean for my life? What does the death of my dear spouse mean for my life? Even as believers, we find ourselves in dark, chaotic places. Have you ever wondered if God could shed some light into your darkness? Maybe you can relate this morning because you're in the darkness. What I want to say to you this morning is that God is working in our midst. God is working in your midst. And there could very well be a light bulb moment waiting for you this very day. We look at the confusion that we see in Peter and it heartens us because as this disciple, this follower of Jesus, if he can be left in the dark, unsure of what's happening, then so can you and so can I. And the story that we heard from Tara who read so beautifully this morning, haven't we been blessed with our kids this morning, the whole service. Thank you, Trevor and the team. What a wonderful celebration we're enjoying together this morning. But have you ever considered just how frustrated Peter must have been in the dark after visiting the empty tomb? How distressing this moment was for him. Maybe when you think of Peter discovering the empty tomb, you think, wow, you know, he's a follower of Jesus. Surely he understood what it all meant. But not until the light bulb came on for him did he understand. If we look closely at the Easter story, 
you'll notice something about how Peter responded. Let's look again at verse 12 from Luke 24. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The word for marveling in the original language is thaumadzo. Now, this also can be translated as wondering. So in your scriptures, you will find the word wandering or uh, marveling. And this word thaumadzo is found in all different parts of the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, usually in places where people are struggling to understand what is going on. Let's look at some scenes from scripture where people are left to wonder in the dark before having a moment of light bulb clarity. After Jesus was born and Joseph and Mary took him to the temple to be presented for dedication, a man named Simeon spoke words of prophecy and blessing over Jesus and all that his life would entail. And we read in Luke 2.33 that his father and mother marveled, thalmadso, at what was said about him. When Jesus was in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, a storm arose and the disciples woke Jesus so he could save them. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and it became calm. And Luke records the next part of the scene in chapter 8. Jesus said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and they Thou mad so, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water to obey him? In Luke 11, Jesus cast out a demon. And again, we see Thaumadso as the response of the people present at this miracle. Now, Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke. And the people Thou mad so. They marveled at what was going on. In these examples and many others, it seems as though people who were expecting or experiencing something out of the ordinary were left wondering, were left marveling, trying to gain some kind of clarity about what had happened. At that point in time, they had a foggy perspective. Yes, something amazing had taken place, something that had involved Jesus. However, the light bulb had not yet come on for them. And according to the text we read this morning, this is how Peter was left feeling on Sunday morning. Luke says Peter responded to what he saw or didn't see in the empty tomb with a sense of Thou madso. Thou madso wonder. In his state of confusion, Peter was marveling, trying to make sense of it all. I wonder what was going through his mind. Maybe something like this. The tomb is empty except for the grave linens and the neatly folded wrap that had once been around Jesus' head. Why would a grave robber unwind a body? It would have been easier to steal a dead body if it were wound up. 
plus the wraps and burial spices were worth money. This doesn't make any sense. Who would have done this? Where could they have taken his body? Peter probably had a range of thoughts running through his head. Yet the one thing that actually did happen, the resurrection, was not on his mind. It wasn't on any of their minds. The disciples thought the resurrection was coming at the end of the age. Not now. Resurrection was supposed to be a grand and sweeping conclusion. Not something to take place today. Now. And so Peter continues to marvel, to wonder, to thou madzo. As if he were in a dark room, not able to see clearly yet. In the video, we saw Peter wondering with John. Now, John had already had his light bulb moment. And he was able to help Peter process and discern exactly what was happening. Let's look at what it says in John's account of the empty tomb. Now, the other disciple with Peter isn't named, but scholars generally assume that this other disciple is John, as we saw in the video. So from John's Gospel, chapter 20. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes." We don't know exactly when Peter or John had their light bulb moments. We do see a flicker of light for John based on what he wrote in verse 8. And we see the light bulb burning brightly for them in verse 9. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Maybe the part where it says John saw and believed is where John had his light bulb moment. He started putting all the different pieces together. He started remembering all the things Jesus had told them. It says they didn't understand the scripture yet. However, the light bulbs were starting to come on in their lives. When this verse talks about understanding the scripture, the reference here is to many of the Old Testament scriptures that showed what would take place leading up to this first Easter. And several Old Testament scriptures became much clearer after Jesus' resurrection had taken place. 
And there's a passage called The Road to Emmaus, which Terry is going to be sharing from next Sunday, where Jesus, unbeknownst to those who he walks with, opens up the scriptures and opens their mind to all the prophecies that were foretold. Take, for example, just but one of these prophecies written some 700 years ago before this very event. Out of the anguish of his soul, Isaiah writes, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Didn't make sense until the light bulb went on. For John, Peter, and the other disciples and followers of Jesus, remembering passages such as this from the Old Testament, as well as many others, would have been light bulb moments for them, helped them to see more clearly what was happening, what had been foretold, had now in fact been fulfilled. As we read the Bible and study the accounts of the resurrection on the first Easter Sunday, we see light bulbs coming on for followers of Jesus as they start to make sense of it all. The words of Jesus that had been foretold, even the words that Jesus, his very self spoke, even three nights ago, were starting to register and make sense. You know, it makes complete sense That in the midst of complete turmoil and chaos and grief, the disciples had lost sight. We are all so short-sighted like this. We know it. We understand it. Grief and darkness can be so overwhelming. And you might be sitting here this morning. You might have a faith and a belief in Jesus. and and, And you know in one sense that it's going to be okay. You know in one sense that this life is temporary, that your hope is not in here and now, but your hope is in eternity in heaven. You know these things, and yet you find yourself in darkness, in chaos, and very easily we can lose sight of those promises that we find in Scripture. For some of us, we haven't even heard those promises in Scripture. And what we need in moments of darkness, like the disciples needed in their moments of darkness, were to be reminded of the words of the prophets and even more importantly, the words of Jesus. And so, my friend, if you this morning find yourself in a place of darkness, of chaos, of uncertainty, then I want you to hear these words of Jesus. And I pray that the light bulb in your life might go on. Let's listen to some of these powerful statements that Jesus said, which may be applicable to your situation. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. 
Believe also in me. In Matthew, all authority, all authority has been given to me. This means that Jesus is king. He is Lord. He is completely sovereign over every single situation in this world. There is nothing outside of his control. There is nothing that is going on in your life right now that Jesus does not have authority over. And if you submit that area of your life to him, you can rest assured that eventually all things will work out together for good for those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. Jesus has all authority. Do you sit under his reign? Jesus said in Matthew 28, the same sentence, the same conversation with his disciples. He knew He knew how they would be feeling. He understood human nature. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is never a situation or a circumstance in your life where I will not be present with you. So do not fear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Do you know the salvation of Jesus today? Jesus said, and how many of us feel anxious and concerned about all kinds of things. We need to remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be, tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is our own trouble. Oh, if we would just learn to heed the words of Jesus, my friends. Joel, if I would just learn to heed the words of Jesus. A new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. This week I saw a a great post on Facebook, and I think it said something along these lines. If a guy says that he's going to die and be raised to life and pulls it off, I just listen to what he says. And I thought, that is fantastic. But... How many of us subscribe to the Christian belief and doctrine and yet live uh, contrary to the words of Christ? My friends, if you and I could truly live to ground ourselves and plant ourselves deeply in the Word of God and live it, 
not just give lip service to it, but actually live lives that give witness and testimony to the fact that Jesus has all authority, that he is entirely in control, that he will never leave or forsake us, that we know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We follow him. We learn to love one another. We learn to love and extend mercy and compassion to those who are different from us, to those who are less fortunate than us, then that revival that we prayed for earlier on would start to happen. The question that we must face is this question right here at the end of John 11, 25, 26. Do you believe this? That's the key question. And perhaps... You just needed some time to look at the Easter story with fresh eyes today to have that light bulb switch on. As we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, may this Easter be the beginning of a light bulb moment for you where you say, yes, I believe and I'm going to live as if I believe, as if it's true as if these three words really do matter. He is risen. Three words that have changed the lives of thousands of men and women, boys and girls, for decades, for centuries, and will continue to do so long and truly after you and I have gone. Make those three words count. He is risen. Do you believe? The question is simple. The answer determines everything. God bless you. And this Easter, may the light switch go on. Amen.